Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. As we're drifting through the clouds, we rise above, and then we see light above the clouds. And we've seen longer light today. So this is the Kabbalah Show brought to you in San Diego. I am the co-host, Donnie Levine, and the host of the show is Stephen Azakovich. How are you doing today, Stephen? Hey, pretty good. How do you like the house? Our subject matter tonight is going to be about time and transformation of souls. And, of course, we have daylight savings time today. So how's that for uh, how the Creator works? Does, does that mean there was some souls saved today or some souls taken up to be recycled? <laughs> souls souls are always being, coming back and forth. It's like Jacob's Ladder. They walk up and they walk down. So anyway, Well, today, so. today's show is sponsored by my company, uh, I'm Arnie Levine. <clears throat> My company, excuse me, is countyproperties.net, a local real estate company in San Diego. And we will take care of you, even if you're a new client, just like family and friends, because you are our family and friends. And the Kabbalah show is about learn, meaning learning how to receive. So, Stephen, how do we, how do we receive what you are going to be talking about today. How should we be looking at to our new well, listeners? Okay. Well, one of the things, we still have the singing in the background. That's always interesting. So, <laughs> so anyway, so the discussion of the matter tonight is, uh, like we said, uh, Daylight Savings Time right there. But tonight's show will be uh, about time and also the transformation of souls. And this is a kind of an in-depth study of what the Torah says and the Zohar says in Kabbalah. And it's kind of all rolled into one. And uh, we'll start with the first part of it was uh, time. And then after the, probably the second half, we'll go into transmigration of souls. Because uh, all this has to do with time. Uh, <laughs> is that on what your side, Jeremy? I don't know. Somebody's was- screaming. That wasn't me. That might have been one of the souls trying to go up and maybe he's trying yeah. to stay down. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, well, you never know. You know, things are, we, we call it divine intervention right there, and it can happen at any time. So anyway, so we'll look at time. And to begin with, and we all know that when we, when we used to wear watches on our, our wrists, but now we have cell phones, uh, we would look at the clock and the, and the, uh, and the clock would uh, tell us what time it is. Well, really, uh, we're telling it what time it is. So we have to take a look at time in a different perspective. And that is the, that who's in control of time. And so we understand how the creator 
says uh, there's a beginning and an end. Okay. And that's what we have is a, uh, when it starts and when it ends. And so like a day, we have 24 hours. Uh, there's a day and a night. So that's kind of like the calendar that he's given us by using the earth and the sun and the moon and all the things uh, doing their particular job of uh, repeating themselves over and over and over again. So he made the, all the planets and everything to move in a particular rhythm right there for him to build his time clock. Now, his time clock and our time clock, I mean the creator's time clock and our time clock are two different things. So we say the creator is infinite, and we say human beings are finite, meaning that they only uh, last for a little while in the finite stage right there. And the infinite uh, continually goes on like forever. So where does the beginning begin, and where does the end end? And so we always try to take a look at this paradox, and we're always trying to figure out this time frame aspect of it and there's all kinds of theories and stuff like that but when we come to the Torah right there the, the Torah says that on the fourth day he created a larger orb to rule by day and the lesser orb to rule by night and so if you go into that part of Genesis right there uh, talking about how the planets move and all that particular things uh, we find out that it's, it, it's a cyclical type of a aspect is that it continually is going outward, okay? So it repeats the process over and over again. And it maintains its timepiece. It's like a timepiece. And before man or animals were created, he had to set that all in motion right there to be able to have his time. Now, the creator's time, uh, we say, there is no beginning and no end, okay? So how, how can you possibly say that as we get into this paradoxical a discussion about time and we understand that if the creator is infinite okay so how far is infinite okay and where does he begin so a lot of times we kind of draw a circle and a circle is like a connection there's a line a straight line and we connect a line and you can go around and around on that particular line and this is how a clock works too it goes around and around and around so if we look at his particular timepiece right there, and since he is infinite, he doesn't really have to deal uh, with time. And it also says in the scriptures, it says, he says, uh, I waste nothing. And that's a very important statement right there. And he says he wastes nothing. So that gives us an idea, an inkling to, if he wastes nothing, what still if you waste nothing is, is probably one of the greatest thing, recycling plans in, in the that we can possibly think of. Everything uh, is something, and then it becomes something else. And on our second half, we'll talk that a little bit more because that's how souls are transmitted right there. But we're going to go back into the timepiece of the Creator. So there is no beginning and end. So in the Scripture, he says there's a beginning and an end. Okay, now it was put in the Scripture for us mortals, our finite people, you understand that when we take a look at the scripture, it says, from dust to dust. Okay. So in that particular element, there's a beginning and there's an end. And this is why it's put in the Torah at that particular level so you can understand who you are. 
We do not have any control coming into the world, neither do we have control coming out. And this is why we're called finite people, finite people right there. We live for a certain amount of time. And yes, there's always an argument uh, how long the beginning and end is for us. Uh, we can get killed by a car. Uh, we can eat bad and die early and stuff like that. And we've got all kinds of association. But I'm going to really talk about how the creator looks at his timepiece. Now, creating the sun and the moon and the earth, and we know uh, nothing orbits anything because orbit means retrograde, and nothing goes backwards. Everything is always going forward. Everything's going forward. You have to look in your science books, and a lot of times the science books won't explain that. Uh, nothing, that nothing orbits uh, that we haven't understand. It's continually moving outwards and stuff like that. No retrograde. So in that uh, particular... Uh, well, okay. well, with making that statement, uh, part of it is in the laws of physics, and one of the things that we try not to do on the show is strictly go everything based on the physical world because we're talking about discovering the, the spiritual world interacting uh, is that we know that space from astronomers is that the space is constantly expanding. So it's, it does concur with the same thing that spiritually you're, we're talking about. Yeah. Space since, since constantly I, yeah. expands. That's right. So as as a science major and an astronomer right there, you when you study enough of it right there, you'll find out, you know, they have the Big Bang Theory, and the Big Bang Theory is a theory, of course, and you can say anything is a theory, but the thing, everything goes outwards, okay? But the thing is, we know, and what we have space today, that there's a curvature uh, in the uh, farthest reaches that we're able to have an understanding of galaxies running into each other, and that's another story. Uh, so going back to the presence of having an understanding of what his time is right there, and it's as we have in our daily routine, we go to sleep at night and we wake up in the day. We repeat the process over and over again. Okay, well, the, the universe basically does the same thing. It's repeating the same process over and over again. And that process over and over again is basically a transformation. And we say it's a transformation because gases and dust turn into whatever particular ingredient that they particularly are. So if we take a look at the, the atom right there, the atom is a component, electron, neutron, proton, nuclear envelope, quartz, and so forth right there. But the thing is they exist, and we get into the laws of thermodynamics, which I won't get into that particular aspect right there because I'm trying to talk about how the creator uh, uses his mechanism for to make day and night and stuff like that and we say in the scripture right there it says i made these right here for a particular reason and it was for you to understand what my cycle is of days and nights it was all it was him to show you it was not us to tell him that i make special days like uh, i make up a, a holiday on tuesday a holiday really means holy day Okay, so, but they use holiday because they don't want to use the word holy. So they make holiday, okay? And if you make a holiday, whose holiday is it? Well, it's yours. You made it. You made the holiday. But in the scripture, he has certain times that the seasons repeat themselves over and over and over again. Those are his time frames. He has certain holy days, okay? Those are his holy days, not our holy days. So we have to basically, when we're following the scripture, we try to follow his holy days 
versus making up our own holy days right there. So in that particular element right there, we are guided on what we what we are supposed to do on a yearly basis. We plant, we we farm, we seed, we crop, we do harvest. We do all those particular things right there. And he says in the scripture, I do not change. And the reason he doesn't change is that we can repeat the principle. We can re- uh, repeat the process, which is basically the scientific method. So you can go into science and you can go into the scripture and Kabbalah. And they're basically science and both of them are hand in hand. But one is the science of the world is a corporeal. And the one in the scripture is the spiritual aspect of it right there. So we have to look at two particular elements right there. And so on the first day, he created the heaven below, or he created the heaven above, and the heaven below. Therefore, you have two unique aspects of right there. Two unique aspects are what we have in Kabbalah. We call the ego, which is the finite, the worldly person who lives dust to dust, has a certain amount of time. And the spiritual part, which is the heaven above right there, which is the consciousness. Now, we understand the consciousness as a will. We call it the creator's will, because he's the one that created all these particular mechanisms, okay? And if we say the creator created all these things right there, and it says, well, how long did it take to do that? Well, the thing is, well, your guess is as good as my guess is, you know, who knows how long it's been going on, okay? The thing is, is that we don't, a lot of people want to get tied up in that this time-space warp continuum and stuff like that, and of course you can, uh, there's all kinds of particular things. There's a light wave doesn't travel in a straight line. It, it curves, and there's a reason it curves, and I'm not going to get into that. But using the, the laws of physics and science and everything like that to disprove, we also approve of two particular things. We prove uh, that we exist in this world, the finite, because we live for a certain amount of time. And that's the particular time we have, a beginning and end, our beginning and end. Okay, From dust we are, and dust we shall become. That's a recycling program, believe it or not. We can become very environmentalists right here, just like the creator had in mind when he created everything, is that he changes everything. He changes solid into a gas. Can you see a gas? No. Can you see gravity? No, you can't. But it exists. And we know it exists. If you put, the, you put a, a piece of heavy wood in a bell glass jar, you burn it right there. You, if you weigh the atomic structure right there, it doesn't change. Therefore, the, the wood is still there, but it's not in that particular shape. Therefore, it's transformed. And we know our raining cycles and stuff like that that we have. Uh, the water evaporates, goes to the heavens, and comes back down again. And it's a recycling aspect of it also, too. So now we can get an understanding of the clockwork that the Creator has said to us right there. And we can use it, or you can come up with other theories and stuff like that. Or everything's acceptable. But we're really basically transforming things, okay? And to prove it again over and over again, the scientific method will prove that it is. It repeats the process over and over again like that. So going back to his particular time and how we interact with it, our understanding of it. In the corporeal world and the physical body, we know there's an end, or we call life, okay? And we also know there's a beginning when we're born. And so when do you remember when you were being born? Okay, so that's another thing. And, of course, the gestation before that was nine months before right there. Did you really exist? Of course you existed right there uh, because you're, you're an atom. You're multiplying mitosis right there. You're, you're being created in the womb right there for you to exist in that particular world of the womb. 
And then when you're born, you're introduced into another world, which is we call reality or our life right there. So, and there's also, we have unique things right there is that, you know, when the space, uh, the space voyager goes up there like that and they get on a tether and they hover around in space and everything like that, well, you can compare that to your mother. She tethers you inside of her, which is the umbilical cord, uh, to your navel. And therefore, when you're born, you come into the world with an umbilical cord, just like they do in outer space, right there, umbilical cord. So you're able to exist in that uh, particular environment. So how do we know? Uh, how do we know that it was mother right there? Because we all have navels, and if you don't have a navel, of course that's another story. But the thing is, is that this takes us all the way back to our, our beginning of our creation right there. And according to what some people believe, uh, some believe they come from worms. Well, that's fine. And some people believe that we're we're created whole. Okay. But once again, we have to look at the understanding of that. What is the creation and whose creation is it? We're always talking about the creators, if you want to use this particular aspect right there. That hey, is infinite. I, can, I, don't, I wanted to back, back up on what you were just saying. So mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> we're talking about created uh, go, going in the, the Genesis mode, which is a big discussion. That could go a couple of ways on... Mm-hmm. Um, what it says in the Bible, written 5,700 years ago, and then, you know, everybody interprets that literally, which I did many years, and then it's like, well, we got prehistoric, you know, dinosaurs, yeah, was, we have a caveman, yeah, yeah. we've all that, yeah, that kind of well, physical world, uh, scientific conversations. Uh, so I didn't want to run over that quickly so let's talk about what the intention was in genesis to be talking about man's soul and the first quote unquote how the creator says it not how the world says it but how the creator is intentionally saying uh the first soul being adam could you expand more well, on that? Well, let's take a look at the soul. A soul has components, too, that we understand right now, going back to uh, Abraham's time right there, where he tried to f- figure out, you know, how do you make a component of something that you can't see? So he had to do an artist's rendition, which is an illusion right there, for us to understand, and it's called the Tensephiro. So we have Nefesh, Ruach, Nashal, Mahaya, and Yeshida. These are five levels of elevating uh, the soul to have understanding, knowledge, wisdom, judgment, and understanding. For you to obtain so, those particular things, you have to go through a process. Now, let me answer, ask the question and answer yeah. it for you, is that before mankind, before mankind, there was another beta program running on the earth, okay? And these were the prehistoric creatures that were on the earth. So if we look at the way the creation has started, you have the earth, plants, then you have the animals. That's the way the process works. So if you take it back into the pristine period and all those other particular things, you will find out there was earth and there was rain and then the plants grew. Now, where did the plants come from? That's always an interesting aspect of it, too, because they themselves are a thinking creature. And I can explain the thinking creatures right there because roots don't want to grow over other people's roots. They have an understanding of how the principle works. So the plants grew, okay, and there was no animals. So the plants covered the earth and created atmosphere, okay? And then he says, okay, now I have to balance out the plants. So he creates large creatures, they eat the grass. 
I make the plants, okay? And that was a process that he went through. And this is a beta test right there because the animals had a purpose right there because of what they had to do. They had to clear the land, okay? And that's what the animals do. They're re-energizing, they're transforming the, uh, the, bi- the, the biological uh, plant life into food for the animals. Therefore, that's the next stage, okay? Now, the thing is, is that for the final stage, which the creator had an intention, what he was doing as he was the designing, the engineering of this particular transformation, which is Genesis. We use the word Genesis for transformation. So what he was doing right there was presenting the models of how to make certain particular species, pterodactyls for flying, fishes for the seas, and all the particular, all the designs were there. But the thing is, the thing is, is, okay, I have everything ready. Now I have to, now I have to set my thing for my final creation, which is mankind. So we have the earth, we have the plants, we have the animals, and then the final stage is mankind. Now the creator said, I will, I will make you in my image. And so how does, how does one become an image of the, the creator? Well, therefore, if we look at how we evolved through time, it's an evolutionary process, of course. But the thing is, each species had a unique purpose. And we understand mankind is the one that was standing up right there. And of course, there's all kinds of arguments and stuff like that. I'll just try to make it a little bit more simpler. So the object right there is to create a reflection of the creator, meaning thinking man. That's why it's called thinking man. Thinking man can deny his own purpose. He can deny his own existence. And this is what we have today. We can deny our own existence right there. We don't believe we came from, we came from a worm or whatever, whatever it is right there. So in this particular process right there, it's a beta. But the thing is, for everything to be like in Noah's flood, Noah's flood came in and eradicated all the bad, the evil right there. But also he can move the planet a little bit. And we also understand that because there's geological proofs that basalic rock is on the moon. How did it get on the moon? So we said an asteroid hit the earth and moved the earth. And there's a lot of arguments about that too. You can go into other geological aspects right there. It moved the earth. It created a catastrophe right there. It wiped out the animals, most of the things. But some of the mammals that he created, some of the insects that he created that were kept and were not all wiped out, okay? And those can evolve, uh, not to macro evolution, but micro evolution. Micro evolution is a dog. Uh, as we know it today, a dog can be 20 different kinds of dogs, but it's still DNA. It's still a dog. And we understand that everything has an engineering design product but every creature that is living on the earth from the design. So the animals, which is, I believe it or not, as we are part of that animal, because we evolved from an animal aspect of our instincts as animal right there, because we have to survive. We have to survive on the planet that he created for us like that. So if we look at that time continuum. Oh, go go ahead. Yeah, so... Okay, so you're bringing us back through the creation of the physical world, all, and now we're going into the next phase. Now, that phase, which is the prehistoric and the ancient days bef- before what we're talking about in Genesis, Genesis, we're talking about also cave, cavemen day without a soul. Is that correct? 
to the cavemen. No, no, were... no, no, no. The soul, okay, and if you look at the in Genesis right there, okay, he created the, the, the heavens above, heavens below. And then on the, on the fifth day, he created the birds of heaven then he, and the fishes. Okay, then he created mammals and insects and all the other particular things. And man was created less, last, okay. Now, the third thing is, is that he, the creator said he breathed in the nephish into mankind, making him a spirit. Okay, so basically, if we breathe into an animal, okay, okay, the animals were here first before us, okay, the birds were more complicated design, but then again, they had pterodactyls beforehand, so the, the, the proof has already been made right there, so you can reproduce a bird, okay. So he reproduces the birds right there, but the thing is, they think, and this is the you know, unique thing right there, the animals uh, in the dinosaur age, yeah, they thought too, but the thing is, this was a higher level of thinking right there. Because now he perfected the design of his species that he wanted to have on the earth. And which so was I got mankind. a question, uh, question sure. for you. So cavemen or may, men that drew on the That's caves, it. you know, that, 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 uh, that is measured in history going more than 5,700 years. is going back 50 you know, 50,000 years. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, are you, are you saying that I'm still not clear on that? So that, that's way beyond the 5,700 years. So at what is, is Genesis reflecting when man will level to a human being with a soul? That's, that's right. This was a smaller compactual design after the dinosaurs and all the other things were eradicated. There were no, there were no men, mankind, in that particular time right there, okay? Yeah, they find uh, Mary and all these particular parts of bones, which could be uh, an ape or something like that, but it basically, once again, it's a theory. We have to look what it says in, the, in, the, in Genesis account right there. Well, we talk about Genesis means two beginnings, two beginnings, okay? One was the one of the spiritual aspect, and one was of the the finite. So there are two developments at the same time. So when he created uh, in the seven days, and we say seven days, but the thing is, is that we don't understand his time. He doesn't have any time. We believe there's a time piece that I got to watch and I can do it. Okay. Oh, one day. Well, you get all that one day. No, that's not the way it works. His time, his time was that he created each box separately. Each day was separately designed. And what did, I, he, knew uh, compl- he knew the beginning and the end. So he, he, that's the way he designed it. And that's where man came in at the last time. All he did was place the blocks into place for them to be able to function. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Uh, so so the, uh, the time that you're, what we're talking about now is, is, you know, a lot of people interpret everything literally. But the interesting thing is, this when this is written it's written for all time so that's why people try to put it a square peg in a round hole about this thing about time uh so in the in the torah or the bible it's as many times it talks about time and then it expands out and says what exactly what you're saying uh that time represents sometimes there's not one year for year or a thousand years doesn't represent literally a thousand years. It could be a hundred years represents a thousand years, or 
or longer. Uh, so the, the words that the, that's used in the Bible, it says these numbers, but sometimes it doesn't mean the exact time. So are you saying when he said that he, you know, the world was built in six days or everything was built within the world that we have today, six days, that one year, uh, that one day doesn't mean it's a year. It could be within his time. With his time, that's right. Yeah, we're trying to understand. That that does make sense because if he created reality first, that explains how the dinosaurs being millions years old and man being, you know, this many years, that those numbers could be expanded out to that larger number. Is that what you're saying? The thing is, this is an interpretation of time. Now, radiocarbon right there, we believe it like it's the Holy Grail. Well, it isn't the Holy Grail. Most people that understand uh, going through the carbon process right there, all kinds of unique things could have happened at the particular time, changing the way it's interpreted. Now, remember, human beings interpret. We're always trying to find out what is the right answer. We're, looking, we're all looking for the truth, okay? But if we look into the Creator's calendar, which is geology, if we look at how the earth was formed, okay, we have an understanding how he recreates it with, uh, you know, with his little, um, you know, earthquake faults and all the other particular things right there because this is a living planet. The planet is actually living. It transforms itself all the time. Volcanoes, you know, subduction, induction, and stuff like that. It's constantly changing itself. And this is what I was saying at the very beginning. It trans- it's a transformation process. But the thing is, we are surface dwellers of it right there. We don't live in the volcano. But as you mentioned, with a caveman, well, the caveman was pretty smart because he knew how to get out of the elements. He found the cave and he lived in the cave. Okay. Now, the thing is that he also wrote on the walls, graffiti, okay, showing what animals existed at that time. And there's, there, you know, you may have got a, you know, uh, you know a giant elephant and stuff like that. Okay, they may have gone down on there because the mammoth uh, went out fairly, fairly late. And it's particular things right there. We even have their, their body and their tissue mass uh, uh, saved right there. But the thing is, is that they lived in caves because there was a particular reason, uh, because of rain and other, other particular things right there. So if we have to go back into, in Genesis, when Adam, this was Elohim, okay, the mighty one that was the teacher. And he says, and Adam came from the creator. And the creator says, I will make you in the, my image, a reflection of my image. Okay. So he, the creator used his consciousness and his will to fabricate a human being. Okay. And was, was he a caveman? No, because we're talking a metaphor in Genesis right there because we're talking on a spiritual level. His consciousness, his will, and half the words, words we use are all pertaining to spirituality and psychiatrists. Uh, holy man, all these particular things are referenced back to the same point. So the object right there is Elohim was teaching Adam. It says, name this, name that, name this, name that right there. Anyway, what he was doing, he was actually actually creating that consciousness into a material object. He said, these are animals. These are these, these are that, this is that right there. He created it in consciousness only. It wasn't a physical thing. This is why we use metaphors. But the thing is, is that once he, uh, they ate from the tree of good and, not, good and evil right there, they were banded out of the uh, Garden of Eden, which was Eden, put into the garden. Now they had a corporeal body. 
Okay, that was a corporeal body. Then he lived among the men. He was not an ignorant man. Okay, he understood because he watched all the animals because he that's how he learned. He says, I'm alone and all the animals have somebody. Okay, and that tells you another thing of his dynamic of understanding. And that's why the woman was cloned from him. But since both of them failed, go ahead. I'm still misunderstanding. So the, uh, the, uh, you're you're saying as far as uh, when when the creation of man came into being, the physical creation of the first man human was was Adam as a physical man, or you're just talking spiritually as a spiritual. He was he was a, he was a spiritual man because he was dealing with spiritual consciousness. Okay, the consciousness so, 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 was like. So, okay, okay, so there was men. There was cavemen that that existed before Adam, but Adam was the first conscious man that had the qualities of the Creator, created in His image. Is that it? That's right. Yeah, that's right. He knew he knew what caves were. He knew what trees were. He saw the animals make plants and do stuff like that. Animals weren't dumb. They built little nests and stuff like that. He did the same thing. It wasn't rocket science when it rained and stuff like that. But at I that particular you. time, yeah. Okay, so. Anyway, so that particular process and one way, because you know the the Elohim, which means the mighty one, which is a reflection, the intermediary between the Creator and and mankind. Okay, the Creator didn't come down here and compile a human being or do all this like there. His consciousness created it in His design, His engineering, His consciousness right there. In His consciousness of creating, there was no time. Okay, he had the whole universe of time right there, which go, go, who knows how long that goes right there. He could have been forever. But the thing is, is that in the scripture, it puts in a time frame there because we are created in his image. And when we were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, we couldn't live forever. So then we turned dust to dust right there. Okay. And that brings, a, that brings the next aspect of this whole thing. Of what is transmigration of souls? So I want to finish up the time travel uh, right there from the beginning of man uh, all the way up to this particular time here where we're looking at time. We all know what time is right there. It's a time we do. What do we have? What do we have accounting? Well, every time you get a birthday, right? And if you get to 80 years old, congratulations, or 98, congratulations, okay? You counted the years. Okay, and the reason you count the years is because you know there's an expectation of mortality that you're going to die because that's what it says, dust to dust. So it's already told you in there where you're going. Okay, but that's on the physical level, the fi- the finite level. Okay, so in that particular aspect right there, since we're both finite and spiritual, okay, now we have another level of understanding who the creator is right there because he created everything we stand on. So therefore, we, we, we all want to have a creator. And some people have more than one creator. And everybody has different things right there because of, we have free will of consciousness to do and create just like the creator created us and created the worlds and created all the other particular things that manifest in what we believe in the illusion of reality. Okay. So in these steps that we go through, we find out that there is no time when it comes to the creator's time. And yeah, they grow drafts and all this stuff like that and show you the geological and all this stuff like that. I understand that. That's to have you have a general understanding of these things right there. And yeah, they can go carbon rating. Oh, it was 80 million years. 
they put so many years on there right there, it just makes it impossible to make any understanding either. And this is what the, the geologists right there, uh, they do the same thing. Oh, carbon rated says it was 100,000 years ago. Okay. Well, nobody was living in 100,000 years ago. And just because you get a piece of petrified wood doesn't necessarily mean that it's 100,000 years old right there. And of course, we can argue all the particular points, but that's not the point that I'm trying to get at. I'm just saying is that the world has transformed itself many, many times as it has redesigned us, okay, into a, a, a creature that exists only for a certain amount of time. And this where that amount of time is where we learn to live in the world that we exist in. We learn how to eat. We learn how all these particular things that we got to do. Now, what happens at the end of this beginning, our beginning and the end, okay? Well, the creator, since he is infinite, okay, we have a part of us that is infinite, and that's called our soul. The soul is actually the driver of the car. The body is the car, okay? When you run the car down, you take it into the recycler, and you go out and buy another car. But the thing is, it was the human being that drove it around. It went in that direction, this direction, that direction. So once again, we have the driver outlasting the car, okay? So when you go through enough cars, okay, and then you die, it's kind of like a transmigration of souls, but with a car. Okay, you live one lifetime in a Chevy. The next year, you live in a Ford. Next time, in a BMW. And each one, you live 20 years. It was a 20-year-old car. So you, as you aged, you kept buying a new car, a new body, a new body, a new body. That's every time you die, okay, your soul is not wasted. As Chris says, nothing is wasted. Now, consciousness in itself, as we well know, we have a history. We can go back to our history and find out uh, what was going on back there. We still understand those words right there. Therefore, those words that are brought forward from the past into the present has not changed any. We still have an understanding. We look at the history. We look at the history right there, and it says we actually bring the history of all the time before us up to this particular time. Therefore, nothing has really changed. Human beings really believe they've really changed a lot, but they haven't. They haven't changed hardly at all through this duration of the periods that we're going through right right to this particular time right here. So how does the soul... I I I think over time you're right um, that it was like a slow progression. It's uh, very but based slow on what I what I've known and and read alongside with you is this is is showing all the showing all the uh, all, all the signs of the messianic times which is a time of change. Uh, now, it may not change if we stay the same. The messianic we, times... We transform. That's why we transform, you're right. Yeah. From, from, from everything that we've studied is the messianic times, the, this is the potential time, but we have free will, so it could be postponed like we do everything else as, as a race uh, because the messianic times is about us inviting the Messiah coming, inviting a time of change that is good change, uh, even though in the belief systems that are in different various uh, religions, um, it's about interpretation. And, and it, it does go deeper because, the, it, for example, the New Testament 
it goes into Revelations. And it talks about different things there. But those the revelations are based on everything in uh, Isaiah. On That is where it came from. So what's talked about in Revelations have now been talked in a different way, that there's going to be a lot of destruction and, you know, all this and who gets chosen and judgment. Well, yeah, but uh, the, but those but those are things in the in the new covenant right there. It was done with a different pair of eyes right there. The Red John and Revelation right there. He's talking about end times. Okay, the thing is, is that right. all of the suffering and everything like that. We do it today. We can wipe out and that's, whole civilization. But that, that's what I'm. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. He's talking yeah. about. He's talking, and that that's the point I was bringing up. He's talking yeah. about not. At the messianic time when the Messiah comes, he's talking about before, and that's where we are today, which is we're seeing this is the time we could change, mankind could change finally, but it has yeah. to get worse before it gets better. And right now, yeah. we've got yeah. you know, we've got nuclear weapons, we've got uh, well, yeah, we, we're destroying we, the planet ecologically. You know all these things that we've been yeah, postponing doing something good about. Bad things yeah, are starting the, to to show yeah, themselves. But going, yeah, but I understand going into Revelation. Most people don't understand the horsemen and all the other particular things. But what, well, I want to go back to my car analogy right there. We started out with a Model A, and look at the car we have today. Yeah. The Is Prius, not my car. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's a transformation, and it's telling it you is. the creator put the right in front of your face right there. See how you transformed yourself within 100 years? Yes. You're flying jets all over and cylinders, and you're in the space and all that stuff like that, all within 100 years right there. And you're, some people are actually living that, the whole particular thing right there and witnessing it right there is that transformation. But their body is getting older and you know the new generation keeps coming right there and it, it wants to expand even more it becomes uniquely different than the generation before it right there so that right there the new soul coming into the world it comes encapsulated into a child okay a new baby coming into the world has a has a spirit in it okay and that spirit is not a brand new spirit it's an old spirit and that old spirit has already lived maybe a couple times before and it went through life. It did not, did not, it was not successful uh, to become a good person. Uh, that's another discussion right there. To be a hey, good, Stephen, a refined person. Because like, I want to, I want to help you out because this was a long subject. We uh, technically, we the show we only have about three and a half minutes because oh, okay. we we didn't get the full sixty. So I'm going to leave it to you to summarize where you wanted to be. Okay. Well, well, anyway, every soul that's in every person right now is a, an older soul. We're all, we're all of us living today as an older soul within us right there. We, we, we lived here on the planet before, and now we've come back again right there. We come in a different manifestation right there, a refinement and corrector right there. We come a little bit better uh, each time. As, we, as I said, a Model A becomes a, you know, a new car now. But we're going through the same process, a transformation right there. He's always trying to refine, 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 refine. And this is where we're at today today. So everybody out there right there, you can go in the scriptures and forums right there, and you can look at the old engineering book about humanity, or you can go into science and read the same thing. They both basically agree with each other right there. So once again, you have the control, the free will in your life to be able to make a, yourself a real beautiful model. 
And it's all up to you to make that particular distinction right there because you have all the time of the infinite, okay? If you don't do it now, you'll do it later. Trust me, you'll do it. A person who commits suicide will come back at the same time he he committed suicide to relive that particular point so he didn't commit suicide. So once again, there's all kinds of metaphors on that one. In in Isaiah, it did say when the Messiah comes, there'll be a thousand years of peace. And that's clearly Hmm. said, which means there will be everything good as long as we are able to have understanding of love love and kindness and unity with with everyone to be able to bring bring invite we want to invite the messiah to come yeah and that takes us to our next that's right and that's called called garden of eden okay the garden is the world eve is the the special place it's all peaceful this is what we're trying to turn return to the particular uh, eat, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the, not from the world. The corporeal world is a garden. But Eden, that's where we're all going. And when you sleep at night, that's where most people go right there for replenishment of the soul. So anyway, it kind of covers uh, everything like that. And next time, uh, we'll have another discussion about wh- where we're going at those things right there. And John and Revelation, very important aspect like that, because he says, heaven comes to earth. Now, read John and Revelation. says, heaven comes to earth. Now, how can that be? Okay, so because once again, we, no, we, we're, we're creating we're unity. We're Earth. inviting. Yeah, exactly. As, we have to. As it was yeah. in the, as it was in Eden. That's where it was in Eden, where everything was perfect. Everything was perfect to live forever. But the thing right. is, we well, that, that, that was <laughs> that was that was very good. Thank you very much, Stephen. Okay. Uh, show is sponsored by CountyProperties.net, local real estate company, uh-huh. and um, yep. Join us for Cancer Answer. That is on Tuesday at 3.30. And our show is going to be about getting medical marijuana the right way. <laughs> Boy, that's a good one. All right. All right. Well, thank and you, we everybody a, out there listening to the recording. Thank you. And we have one of the yeah. top one of the top growers in the country going to join our show to tell them how to, how to buy it correctly. Thank you. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Hey, yeah. Hey, Alex. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.